You're listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White, and today we're talking about eight important business boundaries to beat burnout. That's a lot of beats. <laughs> and I just want to say, even if you're not a business owner, if you're an employee or a contractor, this is still relevant for you in many ways. So stay tuned. So my question is, are you a business owner or an employee who's feeling a bit stressed and like you might be heading out for burnout? Well, I want to cover eight important business boundaries, and these are boundaries that you set for yourself during your working day that can help you to beat burnout so that you can maintain flow, productivity at work, and do it all with ease. Does that sound great? That's what we're talking about. Let's just start by defining defining burnout. Burnout is the state of mental, emotional and often physical exhaustion that's created by prolonged or repeated stress. So in other words, it's when you're regularly stretched beyond your capacity and resources that you start to feel burned out. And burnout is a really important topic that's very relevant right now to a lot of people given the pandemic. Let's explore how burnout can happen, how it can sneak up on you in other words, And then look at those eight work boundaries that I'd like to explore with you to help you to beat burnout. So I want to say, first of all, that burnout in business is more than just about self-care. I've been talking to a lot of people recently about burnout in business. And what's really clear to me is that burnout is way more than self-care. It really is. And one story stands out in my mind as a great example. She's a business owner who says she's learned to set really strong boundaries in her personal life and she's done really well at maintaining reasonable self-care and regular habits. But she's still feeling burnt out and for quite a while she couldn't figure out why. It's only just recently that she's figured it out and has been able to remedy things. So why is that? Why would someone who's doing all of these great things for themselves feeling burnt out in the business? Well, it turns out that she'd mastered boundary setting in her goals in her personal life, but she hadn't translated those skills into her working operations, into her business. So in her personal life, for example, she's exercising regularly, eating well most of the time, meditating daily, reading and learning, investing in personal development, going to bed early, and spending time with friends and loved ones. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? But that's not enough to create resilience if you're just doing that in your personal life. And through conversation, what came up was that it's actually been the opposite in her business until fairly recently. And you might recognise yourself when I describe her story in business. And I'll I'll say it's in the past because she's changing things around now, but in the past she'd been pushing herself hard each day, overbooking herself for tasks and appointments, setting unrealistic deadlines, rushing through each day's tasks in order to feel productive and like she'd achieved something, using coffee to gain and maintain momentum when she was tired, comparing herself with the perceived success of others and in some cases striving for exorbitant goals and I don't use that word lightly. Because of those behaviours and habits at work in her business, 
she'd often started working late and sometimes on weekends without any real defined need or purpose around that work that she was doing out of hours. But it was causing her to feel increasingly anxious and stressed. So previously what she might have done when she noticed those signs of increasing anxiety and stress would be to say, well, I just need a holiday. So she'd have a wonderfully restful break, have a week or so off, and then promise herself that she'd take things easy when she got back to work. Now she'd had some downtime. She thought that she thought that was the remedy. But pretty soon things would ramp up again and she'd back on the road to burnout. Does any of that sound familiar to you? That's just one version of how burnout can happen. But there are a lot of common themes between different sorts of people, whether you're in a business or an employee. And for me, over the past, say, three years, I've been forming some concepts about some of the contributing factors to burnout at work, and I'd like to share that with you now. Firstly, I want to say that we all know that beliefs and thought patterns that we have individually, our limiting beliefs as some people call them, contribute to the behaviours that cause burnouts. It's undoubtedly true, and I'm not going to go into that today because I've talked about that in various aspects in other episodes. So putting the beliefs and the thought patterns aside for now, I've noticed that there's a really clear relationship between your planning skills, your ability to set boundaries and burnout. If you're interested in diving into some of the backstory that's helped me to evolve my concept around this, I've touched on some of the elements in my previous podcast episodes, specifically numbers 112, 113, 114, 149 and 150, if you want to go back and visit any of those. So here's how I see that planning boundaries and burnout are related. First of all, if your planning isn't effective, it can be hard to set and maintain healthy boundaries around the plan in order to achieve it and deliver on it. So I'll explain what I mean in an example. Think about this for a moment. Let's say that you're brand new to running a business. You don't really know what's involved. And you could also say the same, you're in a new job, let's say. You don't know what's involved really. You're on a steep learning curve and you've made a reasonably ambitious plan. Let's say in your business you want to service 50 clients by the end of this year. You're not quite sure how you're going to get there. My question to you is, if that's your goal and you're clear on that, what happens if you haven't got clarity like real clarity on the steps, the processes and the tasks that you need to perform to get there? And what happens if you haven't mapped them out clearly enough? So if you don't have clarity and you haven't mapped them out clearly enough and specifically enough, things are going to go pear-shaped. Chances are you won't be able to identify any of the skills or support that you need to reach your goal. You'll probably struggle to gauge whether your plan is realistic and achievable in the first place, so you're kind of flying blind. Any of those poorly mapped or um, fleshed out tasks, if you haven't done that well, it might take you three times as long as you thought, so your weeks are going to be constantly overloaded. And amongst all this, while you're trying to do all of these things and achieve that goal, you might get stuck in the minutiae of putting out fires each week as you desperately try to wade through your plan or more likely stumble through the plan that doesn't have enough specificity and detail and clarity in it. 
And if you keep doing that and not change course, then you're going to creep closer to that 12-month mark, your first year in business or in that role, determined to stick to your plan. But you might be also starting to break some of your own rules, that is breaching your own boundaries in order to achieve the goals that you've set at all costs. Because, you know, we as humans tend to get fixated on achieving the end goal and less so on getting the process right. And that can be a real trap. So let's say you are on this path to this goal and you're fumbling through a rough plan with no real idea, flying by the seat of your pants. Where you might start to break the rules is in the time you spend at work and the way you focus. You know, like starting to work past 5pm, like starting to work weekends, and like ending up lying awake at night and losing a lot of precious sleep on you as you ruminate on your to-do list. So hopefully you can see that you can avoid all those things with really good planning. It can help you to be better with your business boundaries and that they're largely intertwined. So if you go really well with planning and you're clear and specific and you know exactly what you're doing and when and where to get help, it's much easier for you to set and stick with boundaries and burnout is less likely. So I hope that's really clear that good planning and being aware of where you need to get help just stops all of that worry, rumination and confusion and lets you get on with the task at hand. And it is difficult when you're on a steep learning curve to feel confident that you're taking the right actions. And that's why I recommend don't do it alone. Get yourself a business mentor or coach. Now, as I mentioned, I don't want to dive too deep into psychology and beliefs in this episode, but I do want to mention the phenomenon that's known as Parkinson's law in this episode. Have you heard of it? Well, Parkinson's law is a term coined by Cyril Northcote Parkinson in 1955, and it was an essay he wrote for a business journal where he came up with a term to describe the negative relationship between bureaucracy and productivity. In other words, the more bureaucracy there is in an organisation, the less productivity there is. Later, that phrase was translated into a more commonly known adage, which is, work expands or contracts so as to fill the time available for completion. In other words, if you have a 38-hour week available, your natural tendency is to fill all the gaps in your schedule with work, to fill up all of that available time. And the reverse of that is also true. So according to Parkinson's law, if you have a deadline, you can enjoy the luxury of procrastinating for weeks and then you will finally get the job done in the last hour before it's due. So if you only have available one hour to do something, you'll get it done in that amount of time instead of the full week. So that law can apply to money and household items too. Think about when you move into a new house. Great, all this empty space. What do you do? You go and buy stuff that you don't need to fill it. It's a human tendency. So it's really clear that part of your managing your business boundaries is to have really good time boundaries at work. And that's critical for your ability to be productive and effective. 
I'd like to mention Tim Ferriss's book here and the success of his book, The 4-Hour Workweek, is really a testament to your ability to manipulate Parkinson's law. It's a manual on how to do that. It was so successful. He runs his whole business in four hours a week simply because he stopped doing things that were a waste of time, not urgent and not important. So overall, in this discussion about boundaries and burnouts, what's really clear to me is that humans are very good at creating work for themselves, whether that work is necessary or not. And that is also something that can lead to burnout outside of all of the planning and boundaries that I mentioned earlier. If you have your self-care and your personal boundaries in order, that's a great start. And if not, go back to my previous podcasts that I mentioned earlier and take a listen or find some others. Now let's talk about those eight important business boundaries that you can set to maintain flow and productivity at work with ease. I'm going to go through them one at a time in a fair amount of detail. Now, I'm not recommending that you do all of these necessarily. These are things that work for me. But maybe you'll learn from these. Maybe you'd like to try a couple. Maybe you have your own version or maybe you have different ones. In any case, listen to these eight and decide what you're going to do as a next action. So the first important business boundary is in terms of scheduling, just plan to do one key task per day. If you're ambitious, I know that's going to be difficult because you like to achieve, but you can always do more than one. The point is not to overschedule. Do one as a minimum, and if you have time and energy, you can do more. But scheduling is the most important part of planning, and it relates to that planning step I mentioned earlier. If you get that right, you can set and maintain boundaries and avoid burnout. So if you're scheduling properly and you're just doing this one key task per day, your finishing work boundaries, like knocking off time and your lunch break boundaries, are going to be so much easier to uphold because you're not scrambling to try and do a million things in not enough time. So by just focusing on one thing, you're giving yourself a real buffer zone. If, if it's going to take longer than you thought or have complicating factors or there, there are in, interruptions, and let's face it, those things are inevitable, then you're still going to be able to achieve that one task. Remember also that new tasks or project tasks that you haven't done before will invariably take longer than you planned. You're definitely going to get blindsided by unexpected events. People are going to cancel things on you or change their schedule, their meeting appointment with you, and you'll get new and or urgent invitations or situations. Don't fill your day up with stuff and expect to get three things done a day. It won't happen in all likelihood. And especially if you're running a business where you're delivering services, accept that you will constantly need to pivot to some degree, whether you like it or not. So with all of that said, I think the best way to accommodate this into your week is to just have that one key task that you complete per day, remembering that more is a bonus and leave a chunk of white space in the diary for unforeseen or underscoped tasks. Or if you just get a headache or feel like an afternoon off, at least you've done your one thing. Now, the reason this is a boundary is that a lot of people find it challenging to just accept that they'll be doing one thing, but it does get easier as you start to see and reap the benefits of a calm mind and more productivity than you thought was possible. The second boundary that I think is really important for businesses to burn, avoid burnout or for employees 
if possible, is to schedule one whole free day or a half day per week. So building on the planning theme, I personally find that having a day with no set scheduled meetings as an absolutely not negotiable is a great chance to catch up, to get the admin stuff done, to clear up the clutter on your digital desk, to work at a slower pace and to allow some creative and critical thinking. I think the, the key element is that when you don't have that urgency or interruption of meetings and appointments, you can be super productive and feel like a champion because you can flow in accordance with your own pace and energy. Try it. And the boundary here is to resist the temptation to book meetings on that day off or to take phone calls to get things out of the way, those sorts of things. So you might need to challenge yourself and stay strong. Essential business boundary number three is to know what your maximum number of meeting, meetings is and stick to it. So this is my final point on planning before we go to some others. This is actually my personal favourite. It's about limiting that total number of meetings or client appointments that you have in any given week. Sure, meetings can be energising, but too many can be draining or frustrating and they can definitely rob time from tasks that require focus and critical thinking. We know that humans are wired to distract themselves. So if you have a day that's peppered with meeting, meetings, it gives you almost a mental excuse not to start a task because you won't have enough time before the meeting. And, you know, after a really good solid year of, of observing myself and my mental state and my focus and my clarity, I've worked out that my capacity is 10 meetings a week and definitely no more than five a day. And some days last year, I was having eight or nine meetings a day, only a couple of days, but boy, was I fried and it affected the rest of my week. And more than this, I started to panic that I wouldn't get any work done or that I wouldn't have enough focus time to do the non-meeting or project work or other desk work that I had to do. So this has been a huge one for me. And also learning to postpone or reschedule non-urgent meetings fits into this category too. So it's really good to have a boundary around your meetings per week to help you maintain flow, energy and productivity and to avoid the onset of panic, which inevitable, inevitably leads to those burnout-related habits and behaviours. I think the important business boundary number four is to work with your energy. So building on that last concept and related to scheduling, uh, it's in the vein of David Allen's model called getting things done, if you've heard of that. It really makes sense to work with your natural energy cycles and to make the most of the highs and lows that you experience in any given day. So how do you do that? How do you have a schedule and work with your energy? It's controlled chaos. Well, the way it works is like this. Let's say that you have two to three tasks you need to do on a particular day and a meeting. I know I said one task earlier, but let's assume you've got a meeting and one major task and a couple of minor things. And that's what your typical day looks like. What you can do is, if possible, set the meeting at a time that you know that you're going to be calm and present. Let's say for you that's 11 a.m., if that's not possible, fair enough, but at least you can try. And then for any of the other things that you need to do, you can predict how your energy is going to be and plan your week that way. 
but when the day arrives, you can feel free to shuffle things around in case anything's changed. Like for me today, I woke up in the middle of the night and I could not go back, go back to sleep. It's menopause and it's insomnia and it's just a thing. So what I did was I decided to get up and do some work. Now, I don't normally do this, but I thought, wow, I'm going to make the most of this time. And I was feeling energized and quite creative. So instead of sticking to my scheduled times for these tasks today, I brought them all forward to three and four and five o'clock in the morning and I got them all done. Then the rest of the day, I have a couple of meetings and I can coast through. So that's a great example of how I had stuff planned for today, but due to an unforeseen circumstance, I just rescheduled things, knowing that I wouldn't have the energy to do those tasks in the afternoon. Another thing that I do in this vein of working with my energy is that I know that I'm going to feel really creative first thing on a Monday after a really great weekend break from my computer. And it's a really good time for me to map out podcast topics or do any other sort of creative writing that I must do for work. But, you know, some Mondays I turn up at the desk knowing that I have a deadline or a meeting that I have to prepare for and I can't really think creatively. So I'll do the urgent stuff first or prepare for my meeting and then take a break and I'll do the creative stuff later in the day. So I'm kind of sticking to my schedule but just not in the order of events that I planned. So this fourth boundary is really about honouring your body's basic and ever-changing needs. It is a trickier boundary to set because it relies on your own self-observation and then a willingness to break from your planned schedule and adjust at the last minute. So some people would rather stick to the rigid schedule they'd mapped out no matter what. But, you know, once again, that reward of being agile and adaptable is greater than the cost or the discomfort of changing the schedule at the last minute. Think of it this way. Imagine feeling like you're in flow every day, making the most of how you're feeling in each moment, optimising your energy. That's what you can get from that fourth boundary. Now, there are some health-related boundaries that are relevant for business and work too. So boundary number five is watch your caffeine intake. If I put my health coach hat on, then I'm going to just say, firstly, personally, coffee is delightful. But health-wise, it's a stimulant and a diuretic. There's a T-shirt that says, coffee, energy to do stupid things faster. And the T-shirt's right. <laughs> Think about it. If coffee makes you speed up, potentially your sense of urgency will increase. You might start rushing things, panicking, feeling like you're short of time, making mistakes. And then comes the mental frenzy. So calm the farm and watch your caffeine. Caffeine is found in green tea, white tea, black tea, to a lesser extent, nootropic drinks, coffee, energy drinks, cola drinks, and a few other things. They're the majority of ones that people are familiar with. Um, and I could also say the same for sugar. You know, it's not caffeine, but it does give you that energy rush and then a slump. In terms of the amount of caffeine most people can stay calm with maybe one or two caffeinated drinks a day but don't push the friendship notice how your body reacts and how that reaction changes in different circumstances for example if you're a bit under the weather you might not manage as much caffeine i'm just saying don't push the friendship 
figure out what your safe limit is and keep your boundary on stimulants at work so that you can stay calm and focused and avoid getting into that panic and urgency mindset. That's really important also if you're a coach. Stimulants really affect your ability to be present. Boundary number six is another health-related one, and it's just making sure you drink enough water each day when you're in your business or at work. I created a 50-day program for myself in 2021. I did some podcast episodes on that. And the life-changing moment for me was realising the impact that hydration had on my energy, focus, mental clarity and cognitive function. I was in a way better mood and more motivated. So what does the boundary look like? Well, do something to remember to drink enough water each day. My trick is to fill up my 750ml bottle first thing in the morning and put it next to my computer mouse. And I aim to finish that by the time I eat lunch. And then when I eat lunch, I refill the bottle to finish my second one by 6pm when I'm about to have dinner. And that works a treat for me. You might have your own method. So how much water do you drink? Well, your needs are affected by your age, gender, size, activity levels, and the temperature outside, whether you have heating or air conditioning. But generally, most people need two to two and a half litres a day, thereabouts. Women need slightly less. So for women, it's around two litres a day. I'm kind of a smaller build. And my recommended amount is one and three quarter litres, plus or minus any exercise I do. Some great signs that your body gives you that you're not getting enough water is that you become thirsty. That's a very late sign of dehydration. But if you're feeling often hungry through the day, peckish and always wanting to snack, it's probably dehydration. Hunger often appears, but it's actually thirst in disguise. So water is a simple but powerful game changer that can have a huge impact on your focus and productivity and mental state. It's a great business boundary to uphold. Two more to go. Number seven in the business boundary list is saying no when you're tired. I know so many people running their own businesses who just try to fish, uh, push through to finish a task or to be efficient or to get meetings out of the way. If you can recognise when you're tired and at your capacity and say no, then you can more easily set the boundary. So you need to be able to recognise that first. And you might need to say no to yourself as in, no, I'm not finishing this, I'm knocking off at five. Or no to someone else, I can't do a meeting today. And that means you can go and rejuvenate and avoid that slippery slope to burnout. I mean, let's face it, tired people tend to make mistakes. How good's your work when you're tired? Is it great quality work or shoddy work? How's your concentration and focus? What often happens is people slide in those areas and then they try to compensate by pushing themselves, which is really counterproductive. Saying no gives you breathing space to re-energize and create true value in your business or your work. And finishing work at a set time falls into this category as well, but you know, be flexible enough to finish early if you need to. Number eight, I think is really critical too. It's step back and review the urgency of what you're doing. And I say this because through my own experience too, when I'm busy or tired, have a flood of emails and meeting requests, 
it's really easy to get sucked into the vortex of urgency for things that really aren't that urgent or important. Stepping back, or as I call it, zooming out each day to review how urgent those tasks really are is a helpful way for me to prioritise my time, work out whether I need to reschedule and what I can reschedule and to stay calm. I've often caught myself feeling that rising sense of panic about all the stuff I have to do, almost overwhelmed and then just stepping back, zooming out and looking logically at everything and saying, is that really it's not all I need to do is a bare minimum is that and that's really coming back to that concept of the single task per day asking yourself that question how urgent is this really is an eye-opening thought interrupt that helps you to calm down reassess priorities and make the changes you need to stay on your game the boundary is having the discipline to actually step back and review rather than ignore the urge and forge ahead So let's wrap up. It's been a long episode today and we talked about how all of the personal boundaries in the world don't necessarily prevent burnout. So you need to transfer those skills of planning and boundary setting from your personal life to your business or your work if you want to remain calm, focused and productive. I mentioned the complicating factor of Parkinson's law and I covered eight boundaries that might help you to regain your balance, focus, optimism and burnout. I'd love to know which ones you like, whether you'd like to have a try of a couple and any that you feel really work well for you. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time. Bye for now.